think we should look at the gift of the Holy Spirit this morning. And I want to go back to John chapter 14. And um, in this, in John chapter 14, Jesus is, again, he's talking to the disciples. And he says to them that he's going away, but he's going to ask the Father to give another comforter because he doesn't want us left. He didn't want them left alone, and he doesn't want us left alone. He doesn't want you to feel like you're going it alone through life. Not on any day. Not on a good day, not on a bad day. He, he wants you to be aware that you have this person. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a person. And sometimes I think we, we've, we've confused ourselves about who the Holy Spirit is and what he does, and there is so much about him in the Word, but today I want to focus on what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, because here in John 14 and John 15 and in John 16, he tells us what is going to happen and what the Holy Spirit will do when he comes and what he will be to us. And I find just going through these descriptions that Jesus left us about the Holy Spirit, I find that in my own life, there is still so much of what the Holy Spirit was sent to do and be to me that I am barely partaking of. I don't, maybe you're much further down that road than I am, but I, I need to keep receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, not, just, not just the little bits of, of things that I know about him or have functioned in or have uh, enjoyed from the gift that he is. You know, I tell you guys this frequently when I'm ministering that, that I'm not, I have all this technology stuff and, and I'm better. I can turn it on and off. I can find stuff, usually. Um, I, my notes are in here. Not this morning's notes, because I didn't know I was going to be doing this till 9 o'clock yesterday morning, and typing is, I'm still slow. Um, but, but there are other people in my life. David, my son-in-law, he was up here receiving tithes and offerings this morning talking to you from John 14. I was so excited about that. But he can do so many more things with every piece of technology. I, I'm in awe of what he can do. And he, he, he's amazing. And, but he, and he'll try to teach me stuff, simple stuff. And, and some stuff I can get, but usually I'm just like, could you, could you do that for me? Could you? And he just give, gives up on some things. He knows I don't have the proficiency to do, to do that. And I'm not going to put the time in to become proficient. Okay, I don't have that many years left on earth. It would take more than, yeah. It's not my gift. And, and, but with the Holy Spirit, that isn't true. We can all become proficient 
at receiving the gift and, and, and allowing the gift of the Holy Spirit to become active and operative in us and with us. We can receive that. We don't have to spend the rest of our lives trying to get just a few things. No, the Holy Spirit, that's part of what he does. He even helps us know how to call on him for the aid, for the help, for the comfort, for the strength, for all of these things that Jesus said he would be. He helps us even to know how to partake of it. That family is a great gift. And he wants us this morning to enjoy the fullness of this gift of the Spirit. And so I want to focus today on what Jesus said uh, from John 14. I'll refer to some things in other places. But in John 14, um, I'm going to start to read with verse 16. He says, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another comforter. I'm reading from the Amplified Version this morning. He will give you another comforter, a counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he, the comforter, may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, the world cannot welcome him, the world cannot take him into its heart because it does not see him or know and recognize him but you know and recognize him for he lives with you constantly and he will be in you i will not leave you as orphans comfortless comfortless desolate bereaved forlorn helpless i will come back to you and then skip down to verse 26 in John 14. But the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things. And he will cause you to recall, he will remind you of, and bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. And then he says, my peace I leave with you. So Jesus is introducing us to who is coming in his place, the fact that he will not leave us, he will remain with us forever. And then when you go from this into the book of Acts, you begin to see from Acts chapter 2 where the Holy Spirit actually did come, exactly as Jesus said. And then we have 28 chapters in the book of Acts that shows us the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit through the followers of Jesus for at least the first 30 years of the church. But we sometimes act like after the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit kind of went back to heaven or died or retired or quit or something. But here we are 2,000 plus years down the road as the church and the Holy Spirit has not left. And he's not going to. He is still who Jesus said he is. And he is still doing all that Jesus said he would do. And he's doing it for you. And he's doing it in you. And he's doing it through you. And so if we become responsive to him, 
rather than unresponsive, then we will begin to walk in the levels of power and in the levels of ability that the Holy Spirit actually brought to us. I think that's what Jesus intended for his church to still look like 2,000 plus years down the road and further until he comes back again. So what I want to do this morning is I want to just look at these words that Jesus said. They're in the, the amplified this way. When Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you here without help. Remember, he, when he's saying this, he knows he is about to leave them. He has walked with his disciples. Now he's been in their neighborhoods. He's been in their homes. He's worked with them in their businesses. And now he's, he understands what it's like to live in a human body in our neighborhoods. And he does not want us left here without help. And so he's saying to them, I'm going away, but I'm not leaving you here without some help. It's obvious. If you live on this planet, in this condition, in these bodies, you got to have supernatural help. And so I'm going to send the helper. I'm going to send the comforter. And in the Greek language, that word comforter is paraclete. Listen, when we talk to you about Greek and Hebrew, we're not trying to impress you. We're just trying to make sure that we get to the real meaning of what Jesus said. Okay, we want to understand it in the language he spoke it in and not just put our uh, definitions and our slang and our trendy meaning to what Jesus said. No, we want the real deal of what Jesus said. And so the real deal here is the Greek word was the word paraclete. But, but the in the Greek, that Greek word, there are multitudes of meaning. And so when we translate that into English, we, we have to pick one. We, we pick one. And we pick the word comforter. Some translations pick advocate. And, and why is that? Because all of those words are in there. All those words, we, when you read this in the Amplified, it says, I, I will send to you the comforter. And what he says is, I will send you the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, strengthener, and the standby. Why is that written like that in the Amplified? Because comforter means all of those words. Those are all things that the Holy Spirit will be and do to us. And so many years ago, a friend of mine did a study on this from the Amplified Bible, uh, a lady that that I had uh, discipled and we had prayed together about many, many things. And so she wrote this out. She wrote this verse out here that I just read to you. And then she did a study of what each one of those words mean. And this morning I'm going to bring that to you because I've used it so many times in my life. She first shared it with me back in the uh, mid-1990s. We were in a board meeting about this facility with the architects. And, and so we, we're looking at 16 acres of property. We're going to build a 50,000 square foot building. And I'm in this meeting with architects. I've never built anything. And they're wanting to know things from me. Like that minute. That minute. Like where the electrical outlets should be. And the thermostats and 
this and that and how to, and what about in children's area? It was like nine million details. And I just felt buried in that meeting, buried. Uh, and so I walk out of that meeting, I walk into my office, and there is a fax. Some of you are so young, you don't even know what that is. It's this old-timey machine that you can send uh, something sort of electronically through, if it worked, and it, and it came from wherever you were to wherever we were, and it came out on this crazy paper. You remember it? I still have the paper. It's on my desk in my office. And when I walked in, my uh, assistant said, this came in while you were in there, and this is what she said. She said, she, Cindy has to have this right now. I was like, great. I could use some help right now. Remember, I'm buried. I'm buried in details. And I walk in, and this is what is on my desk. And I'm going to share it with you this morning. I've shared it many, many times with other people. And it starts off this way, I am your comforter. And we're going to, because that's what Jesus said in John 14, he's sending you a comforter. But look at what that means. Let's broaden this out. What does that mean, he's my comforter? And this is going to go up on the screen for you. It says, I am your comforter. I will give you mental and physical ease. I will give you your relief from sorrow or distress. I will cheer you in the time of grief. I will cheer you on in the midst of trouble, and I will console you. So leave that up there for just a minute. Think about this. When Jesus says to the disciples, and he says to you, because later on Peter said, this is that which Jesus said was coming, and it is for you and your children, and for as many as the Lord our God will call, that's me, that's you, that's us. That's our kids and everybody that's coming after us. It's for us that he will be our comforter. He, he's going to give me in that moment and in this moment, he's giving you and I mental and physical ease. That's real comfort. He's giving me mental and physical ease. He's giving me relief. He's consoling me. He's soothing me. All of these things that he, the comforter, is doing. When, when I will be responsive to him as the comforter, he's in me and he is releasing this to me and he is releasing it to you. The Holy Spirit is, sometimes in our Bibles it's trans, translated spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. It's because the real word there is breath. <sighs> you see, when the Holy Spirit is allowed to work in us personally or in our midst. He is a breath of fresh air. When you're in a meeting with architects who are burying you with details and you let the Holy Spirit comfort you and give you mental and physical ease, what happens? He becomes a breath of fresh air in that meeting. He helps you. What do you need help with? What do you need comfort with? You see, whatever you have need of, where comfort is concerned, it is not outside the realm 
of what God can bring to you through the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. David mentioned with, with baby Grace that they're getting sleep, just not a lot of it. They need mental and physical ease. Remember those days, moms and dads? Whew! Wow! Needed physical. You know, when you, haven't, when you go months and you haven't slept more than two or three hours at a time, your mental capacity should not be making major decisions unless you have the help of the Holy Spirit. Where are you? What do you need comfort for right now? You know, we just had, we just celebrated Thanksgiving. All of us did in some degree or another. Poor Brad, gluten-free Thanksgiving. He, you need a do-over. <clears throat> um, sorry if you're gluten-free. Uh, I just can't, my brain just can't go there. Uh, not for Thanksgiving. But anyway, my mom and dad got married on Thanksgiving Day in 1949. And so in all of our family celebrations, Thanksgiving Day and my mom and dad's anniversary has always been tied together. It just, it was all one big celebration. Mom got flowers and we sang happy anniversary and they got anniversary cards and we had turkey and it was all just mixed in there together. But two years ago, my mom went to heaven and my dad is still here. And for dad now, Thanksgiving starts a season that is very sad. It's not, it's not fun for him. Thanksgiving Day is hard, but then, but then it just, you know, Thanksgiving we just roll into Christmas and his, my mom's birthday is right before that and his birthday. And, and so my dad, who is about to turn 89, he, he just says, it's just hard for me. It's sad, sad for me. And, he, and he's with my sister on these days, and I go in whenever I can, and he comes here whenever he can. But this is what I pray for my dad. Holy Spirit, be his comforter. Give him mental and physical ease. Ease his sorrow. And I pray that for him. Other people pray that for him. And for others that we know that have an empty chair at their table on these days. Sorrow comes in a lot of ways, and a need for comfort comes from a variety of events that happen to us. But do you know what I've watched with my dad? Is, is he, will, he will experience the sorrow, but he takes a turn quickly. And he says, you know what? Your mom and I had 66 great years together. And I'm going to be with her again. God has blessed our family. And he will just go on in this recounting the good things of God. What is that? That's not just him deciding something. That's the Holy Spirit helping him, easing him, so that he doesn't just feel the sorrow, but he remembers the good things and, it, and it, he starts to come back up 
Holy Spirit is a great comforter. He also said, Jesus said, this Holy Spirit will be our counselor. Look at what that means. I'm your counselor. My counsel will bring favor to you. I will give you my own personal advice, and I personally will guide you. So many times in life, we don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do for my dad. What do you do for your dad when your dad tells you he's sorry? He's having a, he's full of sorrow today. And you're 650 miles from dad. And you can't have a conversation with him because he can't hear you. Thank you, Jesus, that he was willing to learn to text. So we all text him. He doesn't like long text. Short, brief text. So we send a lot of short, brief text. And he answers us. He even sent me an emoji last week. I was like, whoa, dad. What's happening here? The comforter, the counselor is helping my dad. He's helping us. The counselor just brings us advice. He's a consultant that is right with us. He's a professional. He's the expert on life. And so here we have this counselor, this consultant, the expert that is right with us. We don't have to make an appointment. We, we just say, Holy Spirit, help me. I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to say here. He, Jesus even said to them that when the Holy Spirit came and, and there would come days, and they did, there would come days soon after he went to heaven, he said to the disciples, listen, there's going to come a day that they're going to arrest you and they're going to put you before magistrates. And in that day, you're not even going to have to think about what to say because the Holy Spirit is going to give you the words you need to say at that moment. And do you know that happened? They did get arrested. Peter got arrested so many times, you'd start to wonder about his character in the church today. He spent more time in jail. Paul spent so much time in prison, you'd be like, I don't know about that guy. He can't stay out of prison. But the Holy Spirit was right there with him, and they get, the Holy Spirit gave them the words they needed. And he will do that to you. In Acts chapter uh, Chapter uh, 6, there are so many places. If you read through the book of Acts looking for the Holy Spirit, you will see him in every one of these roles with the followers of Jesus in the early days of the church. And he is still with the followers of Jesus in these days of the church. And his help is still every bit as strong and powerful and available as it was to them. So in Acts chapter 6, there's a controversy that arises in the church. There's racial conflict. Imagine. Shocking. Listen, there is nothing new under the sun, ladies and gentlemen. Everything that is going on in our world today has gone on before, and the Holy Spirit still has the answer to it that we need today. So there's racial conflict going on in the church. And the, the uh, Greek people are saying, listen, you're neglecting our widows, but those Jewish people, they take care of their widows. We need something to happen here. And so they consult the Holy Spirit, and this is what they get from the council 
of the Holy Spirit, the advice of the Holy Spirit is, is appoint seven men that are full of integrity, that are trustworthy, take seven men, appoint them, make sure they're full of the Holy Spirit, put them over this business so they can, dis, they can, uh, they can take on this assignment, they can get all of this organized and orchestrated. Who knew? The Holy Spirit helps with organization. The Holy Spirit helps us figure out issues. The Holy Spirit brings solutions to problems. And the scripture says that when they went back to the people with this counsel that had come from the Holy Spirit, the people thought it was a beautiful thing. Conflict resolved. Conflict resolved. So we need that helper. We need, we need to trust him. Instead of staying up night, walking the floor, trying to come up with a solution. What's the solution? What's the solution? What's the solution? And just going over and over and over the problem. Because when we go over and over and over the problem, the problem gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Listen, God is bigger than every problem we have. So get God in the bigger place and let the Holy Spirit offer you his advice, his counsel. He gives counsel when you don't know what to do. Just ask him, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to say. Sometimes the Holy Spirit, if you will give him this place in your life, he, I've had him do this to me. He will put his hand over your mouth. Mm-hmm. And what will he say to you? He will say, Jesus doesn't want you to say that. Jesus doesn't want you to say that. Why? Because he's always pointing us to Jesus, our Savior. And then sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, you need to say that. The Holy Spirit will come to you and he'll say, let's encourage them. Let's just encourage them. And the Holy Spirit will give you words to speak to encourage people. It's, it's really amazing when you and the Holy Spirit get in this partnership. So then he says, I will be your helper. I am your helper. Let's look at what that comes out when we study this out. I will assist you in the action needed to bring change. I will provide the aid and relief to you. I will bring about the change needed. I am responsible for you, and I am responsible for the remedy needed. He's your helper. He is your helper. He comes alongside to assist you. Now, he is not there as your assistant to make happen everything happen that you think should happen. He, he isn't there as your assistant so that he will make people do what you think people should do. No. You're not God. And you are not in control. And neither is God in the way that we use that phrase. If you still say that, well, God is in control, would you stop saying that? Because the world thinks you're crazy.